1: Troy Nunes is an absolute podcast, and Corey Christen is here with Julian Wiggum to recap a close one, closer than most of us, I think, thought. Absolutely. Especially coming off of a uh, Middle Tennessee State and then a Central Michigan block of close game where they lost against Middle Tennessee State, and then Central Michigan, they blew it out of the water. So we saw Jekyll and Hyde with this orange team. And uh, you go into the Baton Rouge and, and Louisiana State, and they kept it close for most of the game, Julian. First of all, your takeaway from this game—I um, was encouraged. It's, it's weird because usually uh,
2: encouragement and disappointment don't like share space, like in share in the same space. But I—I I felt that throughout most of the game because I was I was encouraged by the front seven and the defense. But then I was disappointed by Syracuse's offense and the secondary for their inability to, to, to help Syracuse win this game. You know, and the one thing I thought was just embarrassing and I, I think it's the most disrespectful thing in football is when a football team plays you straight up man coverage the entire game and you can't do anything that's just like we don't respect you you're we're better than you and you can't do anything about it and Syracuse didn't do anything about it until it was too late you know so you know I, I got I, I want I thought Syracuse had this, this offensive juggernaut where they would just put up 40 points a game with, you know, regularity and that, that just doesn't happen right now and and this offense has been the bane of this team so far from a, a number of losses now. And, you know, both times they've lost, the offense has not had it together and the defense was actually stepping up doing what they were supposed to do. Hats off to the front seven defensive line D, uh, and the linebackers. Paris Bennett had an excellent game. Coach Ward was in his bag doing his thing, so really proud of the defense, but got to have more from, uh, from the offense.
1: There's a few points that I want to get to. First of all, it's Syracuse's offense and I feel like it's more one-sided than we think now. Uh, I want to get into that, and then I want to talk about the rush defense. Uh, LSU, even though uh, Darius Geis uh, only ran the ball eight times, it seemed like LSU did what they wanted to do on that offensive side regards to running the ball. And then I I think Eric Dungy played well enough, obviously, to keep them in the game, but they definitely had a shot to win this game towards the end. But I want to start with this Syracuse offense, and – I'm looking at receiving. Steve Ishmael is leading the nation in catches, and he's probably going to lead the nation in catches. I feel like as one-dimensional as this offense has been all season, you finally saw another guy step up in Irv Phillips. Mm-hmm. Irv Phillips, 11 catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. He caught the touchdown pass um, thrown by Devin Butler, the trick play, which um, I'm gonna I want to get into that a little bit more later, but – We've talked about it, Julian, over the past few weeks, and uh, obviously we weren't together last week. You were a little under the weather, and I hope you didn't pass what you had to me. But, um, you know, this offense, I feel like we've been waiting for someone to step up, yeah. and someone did that yesterday in the, in the receiving core, and look what happened. You're, you're in a close game at a top 25 opponent on the road. Right. But on the flip side, you have this running offense where – we're waiting for someone to f- do something, essentially. Eric Dungey led the team with 43 yards gained on the ground. Um, your leading running back rusher was Dante Strickland, 29 yards on seven carries. That's not going to cut it. So I, that's what I want to get into is you finally have someone step up, but you don't have the total package there quite yet.
2: Yeah, and that's something that we knew Syracuse was going to lack throughout the season. I- I'm done talking about Syracuse not having a rush because I- I've said they're not going to. Have- Once I saw they weren't running the ball against Central Connecticut State, I'm like, oh, they can't run the ball. At all. That's not happening for the rest of the season. So you got just find some other way mm-hmm. to make it work um, as far as gaining yards in, in, a, in a fashion that makes your offense, you know, less than or more than one dimensional. Uh, you got to have – that means you got to have guys step up in the receiving core outside of Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael. We didn't get that from, from any of the receivers the other night. You know, the drop by Sean Riley, that was just poor. You know, I it hit him straight in the chest, and it, it, I felt it. I'm like, dang. But, you know, it. Dante Strickland, Neal, unless they're getting chunk plays like we saw against Central Michigan, they're not running the ball well. This offensive line isn't that good. It's, I don't, I'm not putting it on – I can't put it on the running backs because the offensive line has been poor for a number of weeks now. Um, we talked about the zone blocking scheme that they run and the athletes that they don't have. Um, Coach Baber said before, before the game, uh, we can't run the same uh, game plan as Mississippi State because we don't have the left tackle to do that. We don't have the running back to do that. And he, he acknowledged that the personnel isn't where it needs to be right now as far as what kind of game plans they can run to actually beat teams like this. So I give them a hat's off uh, just because of what they did put together and the opportunity that they give, did give themselves. Um, you know, going into the game, I thought Eric Dungey was going to be – you know, the X factor, you know, looking across the board, the defensive line, they, you know, LSU had everything over Syracuse. But Eric Dungey was going to have to be the one X factor um, to win this game. And I think he played an excellent game. I think he did a good job, you know, outside of that pick to start the game. That was scary. Yeah, <laughs> that was very yeah. scary. But, you know, everything else they did after the game, the jump past Ravian Pierce. You know what that that that's what these these are getting plays. weird man making these, plays he making play. plays yeah man making it a little weird i liked it so he was doing what he had to do to, uh, to win this game and you could tell he was really disappointed in the post game but Coming out of this second this this uh, Syracuse football team, man, they're gonna have to find something to supplement that running game because that's not going to be there for them. Mm -hmm. You can't ever hope to rely on. You're gonna have to have just a third or a fourth receiver start to gain fifty and sixty yards because outside of that, man, it's it's gonna be rough. And we can't rely on the defense because we see we see what happens when even with a good defense game plan, this team can still lose.
1: Now we did see uh, Cody Conway go down late in the game with an injury, so whether that had a factor on things later on. Or not, but altogether, you've been waiting for a wide receiver to step up. That's not named Steve Ishmael. I tweeted last night, and I'm still wondering if if Steve Ishmael doesn't exist on this offense, where is it? From there, I think it would be as far as Eric Dungey could take it, and that's not the case with this team. Eric, we know what Eric Dungey can do. We know the plays that he can make, uh, whether he's running the ball or he's actually throwing the ball to someone not named Steve Ishmael. Um, obviously, we saw Eric Phillips step up yesterday. I mean, Devin Butler had the touchdown pass, but I think as one-sided as this offense has been, even so, LSU keyed on Ishmael, and they played a lot of man coverage on him and doubled him quite a bit. Yep, on and, the high safety. And this team did not have a chance to win. I'm talking about Syracuse. They did not have a chance to win at all if someone didn't step up. So you got to give credit um, to, to the receivers stepping up. Even Ravion Pierce making a couple good plays. Yep. Um, you got to give credit to them, but again, if this running if this running game is somewhat formidable, you could be talking about an upset here, and that's what bothers me is that this team is so close, and it's not a matter of well, this team's going to go as far as Dungie will take it. I don't think it's that at all. Dungee's a very good quarterback and he's a very good playmaker, but it's only going to go as far as if this running game steps up, and you can't have Eric Dungie leading your team and rushing every week because this is just not going to result, you know. You're looking at bowl season, you gotta hope for bull season. Um, someone has to step up, whether it's Mo Neal or Strickland, you gotta hope someone steps up in this running game. I'm I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to
2: myself, you know, despite the lack of a running game, where is this football team? Who are they? What's and the
1: identity? Y- they don't have an identity yet.
2: Exactly. And and I'm trying to think you know, because I, I don't believe in moral victories, but I'm like, you know what, I think they did pass an eye test for me going into ACC play with NC State next week. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they did show enough to, to be encouraged, you know, going forward. I don't think LSU is that good of a football team. I think they're very, you know, stagnant. They run the ball and they have a poor quarterback situation and their receivers can make plays, but they can't get, get them the ball. And then on defense, you know, they're, they're always going to be LSU. But I didn't think they were the great. I don't think they're they're as good as you know we've made them out to be. Um, but I do think that Syracuse showed the capability to go into ACC play against teams like NC State, against the Pit, against the Boston College and establish themselves as that fourth team in the Atlantic. And become a staple in the ACC somewhere where along that six and six or seven and five line. So um, as as much as I want to criticize um, what I didn't see from this group, I am still starting to wonder what what do we have now? I think I think we might have a little bit of a squad here that might be able to establish themselves going forward.
1: Now here's the deal: Syracuse controlled the ball for the bulk of the game. Um, LSU ran 14 pass plays. to Syracuse is 34, and. LSU run 38 running plays to Syracuse's 27. So a smaller divide in that regard. Um, I think one thing that Syracuse did a great job of was keeping LSU's defense on the field. And that's something that the Tigers haven't faced all season. They've, they've always been, you know they've always had the upper hand. They've always had their offense on the field. They've always been working in, in, in prolonging drives. And I think we saw, even though Syracuse's weakness, in my opinion is, at least is the secondary, that really didn't show as much, and it wasn't exploited as much by this LSU passing game.
2: No, it wasn't. And I, the one okay I, after the game, Coach Orgeron said um, we got away with one uh, basically because of the long passes. And I'm, and that's that's the truth. They yep. did. That, that was the only thing that separated LSU from Syracuse as far as, like, you know, the, the two game plans, offensive and defensively. You know, without those big plays from LSU and the long, the long touchdowns, the one at the end of the first half mm-hmm. and then the one to start the, the second half, you know, I, don't, I think it's, it's Syracuse's win. You know, and that's the one thing. And it kills me because they were two very simple pass plays that should have been covered down. You know, yeah. you got a, a corner – in a tight third, he's looking at the quarterback. His hips are – it's not like he had to turn – he didn't have to turn and run. Yeah. You didn't have to turn – it's not like you were laboring to turn around and use your athletic ability. You didn't have to do that. You could have been a high school corner and made this play. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be that – I don't want me to be so hard, but like and, – and, and, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm with you, you on this. I'm you, with you on it. It's just, it's just like you you can't let those things happen. You're already facing the quarterback. You can't just let people run by you. And that's the one thing I've been looking at this defense. Like, yo, y'all are in zone coverage. Me and Darrell Eskridge, one of my former teammates, were talking on Twitter. Like, oh man, you would love this defense. Oh, you play greatness defense. Yeah, because we look at the quarterback the whole time. We came yeah. from Florida, where we love looking at the quarterback <laughs> and getting interceptions. They put us in man and made us play like hard defense. Mm-hmm. But these guys are playing zone, chilling back there, having a good old time, laughing and giggling and getting. Beat still so that's a problem for me I'm mean, gonna need that to change because this the front seven played their behinds off. oh absolutely they had an excellent game I have never seen the defense Caden Samuels have you seen him on campus no he he waddles and it's it's incredible <laughs> to see how well he was moving around around this this offensive lSU offensive line you know defensive ends McKinley Williams and all those guys were just making tons of plays uh, uh I'm sorry um what was it? Uh, PJ uh, Paris Bennett had an excellent game. You know, twelve tackles. Paris had
1: a very good game. Twelve
2: tackles, three TFLs. The safety. Uh, I was just super proud of this front seven. You know, Coach Brian Ward brought. Uh, I I've never seen blitz packages like that before. Yeah, not from him. Now, so it was
1: just incredible to see. Now here's the way I look at it. Like you said, and this is a good, this is a good thing to think about. You talk about moral victories. Yeah, you can't believe in moral victories, but here's what you can take away. You take away these big plays like you're talking about. There's an 87-yard touchdown pass to Drake Davis, and there's a 43-yard touchdown pass to uh, Steph Sullivan. You take those two plays away, and you look at it this way on the other side too. Syracuse did score one touchdown off of a trick play, which trick plays are trick plays. Take it for what they're worth. If that doesn't happen, where are we in this game? If you take away one of those two big plays, where are we in this game? Is it a touchdown game? Is it a tie game? Are we talking potential overtime? There are so many things that happened in this game. As far as a clean football product, yes, Syracuse still made some mental errors. Yes, there, were, there, there was still the issue of you can't run the football. But if there was ever a time to say moral victory, this could be one of them. And I think, like you said, and this is the point that I wanted to bring up next, you have ACC play starting next week. You're on the road at NC State. Who just beat Florida State. Who just beat Florida State. Um, and then you got uh, who? Clemson. You got Pitt. Yep. You have three very tough football games. And Pitt, you could kind of take them for what they're worth. Um, you know, we're taken to overtime by Youngstown State and then got slaughtered by Penn State. You could take Pitt for what they're worth. Right. But you have NC State and Clemson coming up. Those aren't easy football games to win. So as far as a test for this team, I think they stood to it. And I think now it's very clear on what actually needs worked on. And, again, the secondary wasn't exploited as much in this game, except for two big plays, like you said.
2: Yeah, no, and they – you know, I think that the defense – I have a defensive breakdown coming up, and it will be out on Wednesday. And, honestly, for the most part, it will be pretty positively reviewed, I I feel feel like, you know, of this defense – um, I, I like what I saw from, you know, on really every level and then those two, three big plays um, from Syracuse's secondary that we'll address. But I, I'm good with the effort. Um, I'm good with Coach Brian Ward. You know, this defense last year, they had no bite, and that was a big thing for me. No bite at all, no, no pressure. And if you know that you have a secondary that struggles, the one thing to help them out is pressure finding a way to get your guys in a way that makes the quarter, takes the quarterback off of his spot and forces him to throw the ball before he wants to. And we saw a lot of that. You know, LSU's quarterback, he's not that good. Right? I didn't think either the freshman or the starter were all that great. But, you know, even if you want to take it, like, like what Coach Babers was talking about early in the offseason, getting getting the quarterback uncomfortable and making him off getting him off the spot and throwing the ball when he's not comfortable. We saw a lot of that with LSU. So I like the game plan. I like what Coach Brian Ward is doing defensively. If they can keep that up, I think that they can win games that they're not supposed to okay. going forward. You know, I don't think many people have them beating NC State right now, but I think that's a game that is definitely a capable one for them. Just because of what we saw against LSU and the type of Potential that this uh, this defense has, and then offensively, just need to get a little more consistency out of the thirds and fourth receivers. Now, if we can get Devin Butler going a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, if we can get uh, a, something, something out of the run, just please give me three and a half. I'm I'm going down from four to three and a half <laughs> yards now. You know what I mean? Like I don't need a hundred yards, just three and a half <laughs> yards of carry. Yeah, just to get, keep defenses honest. And I think that Syracuse will give themselves an opportunity, and I think we have a bull capable team right now. It's just a matter of starting to put together some consistency.
1: How about this? Out of a potential 52 offensive plays that LSU ran, Paris Bennett, Evan Foster, Zaire Franklin, your starting linebackers combined for 24 total tackles. So you had your three arguably best players on that defense flying everywhere, making plays. I think, uh, obviously, Jawan Dallas with the interception there, yeah. that, that – could have turned the tides late in the game. Uh, Christopher Frederick also played a great game. So you saw flashes yep. from the secondary. But altogether, like like we talking about, these two big plays, you can't let those happen, and especially on the road against a ranked opponent. And I don't think they're going to let those happen against Clemson and against North Carolina State in the next couple weeks. But the, the impressive thing to me was Paris Bennett. Um, Twelve tackles, three of them for loss. He had a pass breakup. I mean, you know, you got Zaire Franklin. I, I know he's the unsullied team captain, if you will. But talk about Paris Bennett and and what he's done as a senior. And I think he's really stepped up all season so far for him. And, and he's going to be one of the key forces going forth now into your ACC play.
2: Yeah, yeah. and they were talking about this after the postgame as well. They were saying we're, we're a completely different team. We're different players now. We, we feel we're we not the same as we were last year. And, and you can see that on the field. And a lot of that I feel like is just they're finally, Coach Ward is finally starting to trust his players as well. Last year I like he got a feel and he had an idea like, okay, this is what they can do. So this is the, probably the most I'll give them right now on their, put on their plate. But this year he's just giving them the whole thing he's letting them all he's letting them have it and, and Paris Bennett and Zaire Franken they're going after it. you know Zaire probably gets all the the love and appreciation because he's Zaire he wears a cute number four and you know Paris Bennett he's got the ugly 30 and kind of wears the big shoulder pads and all that but you know Paris Paris can play. Oh yeah, he's, he's having an excellent season. He's going to continue to have an excellent season. He's going to be all ACC. I, I was having big debates on Twitter over whether these guys would go to the NFL or not. I saw and- that.
1: <laughs> I saw that. You were tweeting at a couple guys because apparently uh, there's a big belief out there that Paris and Zaire are going to be NFL bound.
2: You know what? Everybody says they're going to get drafted so they don't. You know, the crazy part is... All right, if we just just for you know, Syracuse listeners, you know, everybody didn't y'all think Sean Hickey was going to get drafted? And what happened? He didn't. We thought um, Darrell Esker was going to get drafted, and then he didn't. You know, it's there's a very strict process to the NFL draft, and there's a lot of things that go into it that aren't related to talent. So, unfortunately, for those two guys, they're short. They're five ten. I'm sorry, they can be listed at six foot if they want. They're five ten. I look them at. I look in the eye every day. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, uh, Paris is listed at six foot.
2: Yeah, child, please. That that <laughs> is the most. I wish I got that because I'd be six two if I got the real generous listing. Come on now. So, but they're they're getting generously listed. And I'm not trying to take away from what kind of they have talent. They are one of the most talented linebacker duos in the ACC. Uh, One of the best. Uh, Paris Bennett, all-ACC performer. I think he'll get a second or 13 not. Mm-hmm. I think Dyer Franklin will get a second or 13 not this year. Uh, they're doing everything they need to do, and if this defense wants to continue to be great, you have to rely on this group. Continue to unleash them. Don't put them back in cover, because that's how you get that um, 43-yard touchdown yep. bang post play to um, – Davis, or whatever his name was, down the field on Juwan Dow. So don't put them in coverage. Keep keep being aggressive. Keep attacking. And I think this defense will be okay.
1: By the way, Steve Ishmael, since we're talking about NFL draft potential, uh, Ishmael is third in the NCAA in receiving yards, and he's first in catches. And that first in catches is by 11.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Steve's – okay. How about this? I think Coach Babers might have created – and I'm not taking away from Steve here. I'm saying that I think Coach Babers might have created the first system receiver ever. Like, as as far as, you know, being able to bring in a guy – Steve just has talent. Like, I'm not – Sure. I think he has, like, Crabtree type – not, like, the type of uh, come in and do omba numbers and go on draft. I'm saying I think he's talented enough to actually – support the numbers he has, but I think that Baber's offense has actually created if you're the number one guy, you're going for almost 100 catches on a year, and you'll be in the top five in yep. every major receiver category. And I think that's amazing. I think that's great. Because I, I, that, it's huge for recruiting. Like You tell a guy, hey, man, you come here and become the number one guy, you're going for 80 catches and 1,000 and 1,200 yards. That's 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 the number one recruiting thing for a receiver. So, I would lo- I love that Coach Babers has this in this offense where you could step into that role and become the number one guy. Um, Steve Ishmael's going, definitely going to the NFL. Uh, I can give you that right now. He's going to be there for a little while, too.
1: Ishmael also leads the league in Receptions per game 11.3 receptions per game second place has 10 so about one more catch per game and this is kind of segueing me into this little North Carolina State preview here for next week uh, because third on that receptions per game list is Jalen Samuels at-, at NC State he's catching nine and a half pa- uh, passes per game three touchdowns in four games he's got 38 catches on the season which uh, trails Ishmael by let's see uh, seven so Kind of a different script here. We're looking at as compared from LSU going to NC State. This is a pass first team, oh, yeah. and they've always had a pass first system. You look at quarterbacks in the past. I mean, Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers, to name two of them in the past decade or so, fifteen years.
2: Jacob Brissett, recent memory from two thousand fourteen, big Patriots guy. Yeah, Brissett. Yeah, a well, Colts dude. now.
1: Yeah, now with the Colts. Colts now. But uh, my point here, Samuels is going to be that key cog in that NC State offense. So you got to have guys on that defense step up now.
2: Yeah, and every time we play NC State, they, give, they like to give you, like, weird formations. They'll spread you out and then just give you, like, this odd, like a lot of odd fronts to kind of confuse you as far as a, as a defensive front, like a linebacker and secondary group um, to get you off balance and then like throw the ball everywhere. Um, the biggest thing is going to – I say stick with the game plan that you have. Well, not exactly, like, the exact same one, but stick with the pressure. I love the pressure situation and only because when you can combine pressure with cover two – in a rightful way, you start to look at like, like Tampa Bay Bucks defense a little yep. bit because then you're starting to get after the quarterback, create turnovers. Now your defense is even starting to score a little bit. The biggest thing for Tampa, too, is if you got a lot of guys in coverage and your zones aren't as tight as they need to be because your secondary isn't, you know, a bunch of fabulous athletes like cause that Syracuse doesn't have, yeah. you got to pressure so that you can help them out. And then you have enough talent to start to make plays. You know, Chris Frederick, he's, you know, I got him a little bit because he gave up the, the one play looking at the quarterback, but he, he the pass breakup. They got the PI on. I thought that was great defense. The kid's been playing well. He had an interception just last week. Yeah. You know the kid's playing well. Jawan Dallas with an interception. He's been playing okay. Um, I like what these guys. Scoop Bradshaw. Uh, the secondary's playing with Evan Foss. I keep thinking of guys, and it's just like man, they keep rattling off, and it's like they can play. They're talented enough. Just give them some pressure so that when they so that they can make the force the quarterback into some bad situation and make them make some plays themselves. Um, I, I, I I'm excited for them going up against NC State. I have them winning that game. Okay. I think that they're going to beat NC State, and it's going to be the rogue game that they need to really solidify and, and get that step up because they, I think it's a bold team. They showed, a, they showed me a lot against LSU, and
1: I'm really proud to see – they're excited to see what they do heading into next week. What impressed me about this Syracuse defense this week is how they flew Paris Bennett in on blitz packages. He was free for a lot of plays going back there. Again, he had three tackles for loss, um, which led the team by a country mile. I think if you can get that similar flow going with this defense and you can get Bennett blitzing gaps and you can get Evan Foster out in coverage and you can get Zaire Franklin working all around like he does, that's where it starts. And I meant to say Christopher Frederick. I think he's going to be the big one in this game uh, with that matchup against Samuels. So, you know, if there was a time for the secondary to step up, it has to be now. But like you said, that pressure creates opportunities for that secondary. And you saw that happen at LSU Uh, Yesterday, You saw that happen with Bennett and uh, Franklin and Foster flying all around. And then it it eased up things for uh, Dallas and Frederick. Dallas with a pick, and Frederick uh, played a very good game. Again, you eliminate the big plays, which you don't hope for next week, and you could be looking at a pretty solid win, especially opening up conference play.
2: Yeah, I I think that's going to be another test. Similar more so – to, or it's going to be really to see how much did they learn against Central Michigan and Middle Tennessee State. That was, Those offenses mirror more what NC State does, you know, shredding the ball out a little bit more, trying to run different, maybe even pro-style type of routes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, their progression so far. Uh, the biggest thing is just going to be that, 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 honestly, mental focus. And a lot of the players talked about that after the game. They said a lot of lapses were just mental there. You know, the guys, Paris Bennett was saying, oh, uh, we were trying to – do too much at times when guys are trying to force the play rather than react to the play, and that's going to be a big key heading into NT stage. Just reacting more and stop trying to force so many plays. I, I think the, the atmosphere of LSU and just the aura of playing, oh, we're playing LSU team in Death Valley at night, like, I think it was this guys eventually starting to try to force plays rather than reacting to them and just progressing through the game naturally. Um, so if they can continue, you know, playing in an atmosphere like NC State is going to be during the day. You know, it's going to be a regular-time game. And I've been to NC State a couple of times. It's, it's, it's fun to play and it's, it's a nice little, you can still smell a little uh, smoky ribs and stuff. Ooh, yeah. feel for
1: smoky ribs. Yeah,
2: man. They're pretty good out there, so you know, get a little extra edge, a little tingling in your neck, be ready to go. So I'm excited for what they do, man. I mean, they have. The, I think they have the talent really honestly, offensively and defensively. I think they match up well with NC State. Um, NC State's one of those teams where they'll go and beat a Florida State one week and then lose to a Syracuse the next. So that's, that's just been their niche for like the past 10 years. So I think Syracuse has a great opportunity in front of them going forward, and it's going to be interesting to see how they react after a loss like this one.
1: Quick player of the week discussion here. Uh, I think offensively, I would say Irv Phillips and the way he stepped up for this receiving core. Arf! We've been waiting for someone, and I know Ishmael had a fantastic game, but we've been waiting for someone to do something, right? We've talked about it for the last month, about, you know, do something. Irv Phillips, 11 catches, 93 yards and a touchdown. He caught the trick play. <laughs> I, I think Irv finally did it, and now, this is, is this a confidence boost for him? Is this a confidence builder for him? Because you got to have somebody else not named Steve Ishmael on this offense.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I can understand you got to have him. Because I think he went for like three catches, 36 yards last week or something like that. Yeah. And that, that's just that's completely poor. But my thing is. All of last season, Irv was going for seven, eight catches, and 85 yards. Like, every single game, that was his his stat line. Consistent. Yeah. So my thing is, just become consistent again. And then even in the offseason, they're saying Irv was the most consistent receiver they had. I'm like thinking, okay, cool, we're still going to get eight, nine receptions and 90 yards this year. And then we started him dropping off and then comes back, and now he's dropping off, and now he's coming back. I I just got to have him be consistent so that him and Irv are the the two go-to guys, and then there's a third and fourth guy starting to work their way in. So happy to see Irv doing his thing, but
1: nah, no. Who are you giving it to? Steve. There you go. And
2: only because LSU was running straight up. Cover one man coverage in his face all game, and then put a safety over him, double cover, and he still went for eleven catches and hundred some odd yards. That's incredible to me. I, I I was really proud of him because LSU's DBs are some of the best. They, that's DBU. They had the best DBs in the country coming out every year, and they're they're very well coached. That, if I'm a five star guy, I'm going to LSU because they're putting me out. They're sending me to the NFL, guaranteed.
1: So without a question, Ishmael Phillips the top two performers on this offense.
2: Some people give it to Dungy, but I'm giving it to Steve, or to Steve just because I think he
1: had more of a challenge facing him every play. I think Dungy is expected now to do what he does. I think it's less of can he and more of what's he going to do next. And that's comforting to have. You have this playmaker quarterback who doesn't make too many mistakes, but at the same time, People around him have to step up. So, again, we talked about it earlier, the, the running attack, Strickland, Moniel, those two guys got to get it going. You can't have a combined 40 yards rushing uh, from those two guys and expect to win every week. As far as defensive players concerned, real quick, Paris Bennett, again, everywhere. Yep. 12 tackles, three for loss. He had a pass breakup. And we, we we like to talk a lot about Zaire Franklin and what he does for this defense. I don't think we give – Of course, Evan Foster, but I don't think we give Bennett enough credit for what he actually does. He's so technical as a linebacker, and his thought process, he's a very quick thinker, which enables him to get into those blitz gaps quicker, and he breaks off in coverage faster, and he's pretty speedy when he goes from uh, sideline to sideline, so... We've seen him step up over the last few weeks, and I think yesterday could have been his coming out party for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it is, too. I mean, he was, he's was he been known for a
2: while now. I i think he's just been underappreciated. And it's weird because when I think back to like, when I played with him as well, he was always just kind of, like, there. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of just stepped into a role, somehow became the starter. I always kind of, like, clowned him for his shoulder pads being too high. Like, yo, it's it's 2015, bro, like... Why wow, you look like you out of 1985? Like you know, you know. Just, I was always just messing with him, and he just seemed like you know one of those guys. Like he's always been laid back, and then. He gets onto the end of the game, and then once he gets in, in between those white lines, like he just becomes a whole new player. He's just so—I think he's the most aggressive linebacker that Syracuse has right now. You know, a little more trigger than Zaire, I think. At least he showed it against LSU. Um, I love what he was doing, coming scraping behind defensive linemen, like hiding. Like he uses his size very well. Yep. Uh, Scrapes behind defensive linemen, the offensive linemen can't quite pick him up. He's always getting after the quarterback, chasing down running backs. He's, he's always been a great backside defender, scraping across and, and making plays that way. Um, You know, he's just scrappy, and and that's... That's my favorite part about him. He, he makes the play. He's always there. Um, he never takes a play off, and that's that's the thing between both of those linebackers. They don't take plays off. They're always motivating each other. Um, after that uh, safety, the first person to come up to him was Zaire Franklin, and I was just like, "Oh man, that's incredible." And Zaire always says he's going to be the best man in my reading. So look, I just think it's a cool story between those two guys, and I'm really excited to see what they do going forward. And I'm, I'm interested who, who ends up leading the leading the team in tackles. Like last year, it was a big. It was I think it went up to close to hundred. Yeah, they both got over. 100 yards and i was i picked zaire and I, I lost so you know i think i might have to go with paris bennett this year because i, I love what he's doing he has a nose for the ball and he, he's always just grinding constantly getting after it so you know i love this group and everything they're doing so i hope they keep it going
1: syracuse is two and two they're at nc state opening up acc play next week your final thoughts julian um
2: just got us tightened up on a secondary. No more big plays. Uh, I think they played a good game offensively. Just get off in of man coverage. I think they'll be good going into NC State. Should be a win.
1: My final thoughts: Bring the heat, and that's where they found success versus LSU this week. Was when you send guys like Franklin and Bennett in, creates opportunities for that secondary. Creates opportunities for Evan Foster even as a linebacker in coverage. So keep bringing the heat, um, and you can find success next week against NC State, the Orange two and two. They fall to LSU thirty-five twenty-six in Baton Rouge. Troy Nunes is an absolute podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Definitely leave us a like and a rating. It helps put food on our table uh, for the Absolutely. most part. Uh, definitely leave a like and rating, and please subscribe to us. For Julian Wiggum, I'm Corey
0: Criss, and we will see you next time. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion, and once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. dare to give a gift that lasts this valentine's day with our incredible selection of jewelry from delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds jared has hundreds of pieces under 299 dollars and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted